0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Infinite Creative Podcast. My name is Sean. And I'm Fitz, your co-host. So before we jump into all the goodies, we always like to say, make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. You know, we need all the fans we can get. And mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, today's topics, we're going to uh, first check in with Fitz. He's going to talk a little bit about some gear stuff, about you know when's some good times to buy gears, when's some bad times to buy gears, when's some good times to sell gears, and when's a good time to never sell anything and keep it all and hoard it in your collection of gear. But anyway, (laughs) um, also, uh, today we're also going to talk about uh, a little topic that's near and dear to my heart that I think both me and Fitze both uh, struggle with still to this day, which uh, is, do you niche or do you not not. niche?
1: That is the question. But I guess, yeah, let's kick it off, man. Let's talk about gear yeah so it is september and you maybe hear the news new iphone dropped and the queen too so um yeah (laughs) but here here's the thing every year it's the same thing it's september and all the gears dropping we're talking iphones cameras whatever it is and People don't really think about it, but there is like um, a method to the madness. Um, Basically, you would assume like, oh yeah, Christmas is around and that's the reason why everybody's dropping the stuff. But another reason is September is the month of the most birthdays. What is very interesting to think about. Actually, also my birthday. So yeah, for that reason alone, you should subscribe. But yeah, so um, I basically followed all those products that are basically getting launched again, like the new um, iPhone 14th. And I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit in the beginning. But what is your thought? Because you just bought like, what was your Mac Studio? Yeah, I mean, we both
0: just bought new gear recently. uh, Yeah. (laughs) How do you feel about that? <laughs> I uh, I feel okay about it. You know, it's it's funny. Apple definitely sizzles out after that first month. You start to find problems and things, but um,
1: yeah, but yeah, that's interesting. So there's most birth birthdays in September. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun stati- uh, fun statistic. And basically, um, I think like two years or three years ago, I basically dabbled in stocks, and I'm like, okay, when is a good time to buy stocks? And now. I'm like, okay, masterminding, like if I buy before they release the new GoPro, then maybe the stock shoots up and I make all the money. That was like my thought process thinking about GoPro. Um, But yeah, it didn't really turn out because GoPro at the time was like um, having a bad launch. But that made me realize every year it's the same thing. It's the same time when the products are getting released and there's basically a good time to buy. And this is like after September. If you buy in August, usually you buy old gear and it's kind of like a bummer, I would say, because you buy something expecting like, this will last me like for the next two, three years. And you realize, wait a minute, they just dropping new stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah and, that's true. Yeah, yeah, and we both basically did the thing. Like, I bought a MacBook um, Pro, and you bought like that studio thingy. I forgot everything is called Mac, whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Um. I bought mine being already a little bit older, and it was not refurbished or anything. It was just an older model, and I just wanted to dabble with it. So I, I already knew there will be a new MacBook dropping in the next month, but I don't care. I don't want to have the top of the line. I basically went with the bottom of the barrel of the Pro versions, but yeah. So that is kind of like an interesting concept to think about when you're like buying gear. What time of the month is it actually? And most okay. people don't give, yeah, you know what I mean. So it, it's interesting.
0: It is, it is. I mean, so, so yeah, I mean, we. So I guess, yeah, you're saying that, yeah, we kind of got old gear. The new gear is being announced now, which makes sense, right? It's it's about to be the holidays. We're entering the holiday season, so yeah, so September, October, that would be when you would launch all these new products. Um, but I mean argumentatively doesn't that mean that they're the most expensive they'll ever be? So that's what we we're kind of, you know, bottom of the barrel type of guys. So we we want those nice discounts. <laughs> that's how you get us.
1: The I, I I mean I wouldn't describe us as bottom of the barrel guys, but <laughs> we like a good bargain, I would say or <laughs> 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 yeah okay that's
0: a better way to say it for sure
1: yeah so uh, that, that brings me also to another fun fact like i don't know if you followed it but you know my phone is a little bit older and i'm like ah, oh, shit i buy the new iphone you know um, Rachel and me, like my wife were thought about like, Hey, let's get a contract together. So, you know, saving some money and doing whole, all those things, you know, then, then you know, when it's real, you know? Um, but basically like, Oh, I followed the launch of the iPhone and I realized, Oh my God, you know what they do right now? They sell old chips as a new phone. Only when you buy like the Max version or the Pro version, however they call it right now, you get the new chip. If you buy the regular 14th, you get the, version, uh, like the chip version of last year. So it's old tech refurbished. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> how you feel about that, Sean?
0: Oh, I mean that yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all really, right? That they would uh they would yeah. want to get rid of these old Intel chips, these old M1 version 1.0 chips. Yeah, it makes Yeah, I think it's the
1: sense. A15 chip that they use in the smartphones like nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nerd. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean yeah,
0: I mean obviously I think it was really funny. I think these the iPhone releases are always just so like they almost know already that there's not much they're gonna add to these things now, so it's just really funny that they um you know, we get a new color, so now we got dark blue, I think is what it is, instead of dark yeah, green. So know. yeah. I was so like was trying little...
1: to watch it and be like, what is the highlight? Maybe there's something new that I really, really need and I'm like, but most likely it's gonna be a little bit better camera, a little bit faster, but the old iPhone is already fast enough so nobody really cares. And there's times where I forget what iPhone do I even have. I just know I have one, you know. And that's yeah.
0: Well, what's interesting, too, is um, in Apple land, you have your consumer market and then you have your pro user market. And the iPhones are weird because it's kind of both markets get the iPhones. So it is funny that now they even have the pro iPhone, right? So. So yeah, so it's just really yeah, it's 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 funny because you can definitely see that a lot of it is just about popularity, it being a new model, being you no know, everyone knows that you have the newest model. So that's still obviously part of that. So I I mean it's funny when they when they announce new computers, Apple, I'm, I'm all over it. I'm watching it, like, the day of. I'm watching it live. But when they do the phones, I almost never watch it.
1: I, like, don't even – I'm, like – That's actually like, interesting. You know why? Because, like, all – so, there's – right now, there's a weird transition time. I had that with this podcast. I'm downloading apps to get certain effects. and getting my workflow, you know. And it's shifting from the computer to the smartphone. It's slowly – you upload over your smartphone, use all those apps on the smartphone – but some of the tasks you still do on the computer, but then there's like some single apps that you could buy and you could do one part of your workflow, but then you have to go back and forth and back again. But it's I, I think like it's shifting to only smartphone, if you, if you know what I mean. Can you see that or what is your opinion on that?
0: only smartphone yeah and i'm not sure yeah and you're like a little
1: bit stuck on that oh i work on a computer and i need the best of the best you know and i'm Mm -hmm. like i'm like oh do you actually need now 8k or do i just need like a really creative um 1080 or 4k video that i could edit on my phone i don't need a computer for that like yeah yeah
0: yeah well i think it's um yeah i think it's for yeah different processes but yeah i mean i I, i'm yeah i'm not against recording stuff on your phone i'm recording this podcast on my phone so um so it's a good way for yeah So you you're you're a pro level see you're pro level i'm bottom of the barrel guy right but um but but it's still an iphone that i'm using right it's just last year's model um but you know i think it's it is it's uh, you know i think you're right i think the idea of mobile devices is really interesting right the because that was kind of Steve Jobs' like, entire um, concept of what the tablet was going to be and everything. He, he wanted to, to take away the computer from the desktop, and it was about, yeah, you're bringing your work everywhere. And, you know, I think that's yeah. what Apple does that I do like, is that they, they do all of these, you know, like the AirDrop and the AirPlay. The innovative and for, stuff. Yeah, and I think I for the first time, I rented a car this last week, and I got to even experience Drive Play, which is really cool when it like knew what that my iPhone. What is Drive Play? So it's a brand. It's kind of a newer thing with with uh, with the Apple universe, but it's um I think it just came out this year. But it like could detect. Uh, it was a Chevy car, so I think it's only certain makes and models. But it uh, it could oh. detect that my iPhone was in the car and it said, "Hey, do you want to allow Air, Air play, or uh, Drive Play or whatever?" And then it put my screen up on the actual display of the car, which was, which was really neat. So it was like, I had my, my, my maps and it showed my Spotify open and it had messages. So it was kind of really cool. So, but there is that, that, so the phone's really funny because it is like that middle ground, right? It's like that hub between your, your office, your home, everything. So, so I think you're right when you are saying that like a phone in itself is, is almost, if you were to say like, Hey, out of all the Apple devices, if you had to get rid of all of them except for one, I guess, yeah, the phone would be the one that you would wanna keep in terms of it can do at least everything okay. Um, And I think
1: it's getting better and better. But on that note, I wanna have like a little quick survey. Everybody who's listening right now, do you watch this on a computer or on a phone? Just curious. Drop a comment down below. And if you follow creative, let me know what is your favorite app that you use in your creative process. That could be anything. I'm just curious. But, yeah, I I would say I kind of want to switch back to the whole, like, um, gear thing because, like, the thing that brought me on that um, gear thing was not iPhone or Apple. It it was Insta360. So I'm, like, in videography and there were, like, cameras getting dropped. There's, like... Lens is getting dropped, and I'm like, oh boy, I could spend now all the money. And basically, does it make sense to upgrade? And I kind of want to uh, ask you now, Sean. When does it make sense for you to get an upgrade? Like, what what are your requirements to shell out some money to like a new piece of gear or whatever it is? And you're like, I, I guess I really need that. What is your excuses you come up to justify the sale? <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. Well, well, quick, a little quick segue. I mean, your world is getting forced to upgrade, right? The idea of mirrorless and nobody's not even going to, no one's even making cameras with mirrors now. So in a way you're kind of forced to upgrade in a way you can't keep the level. So the same thing happens on my level too, where like you have to upgrade at a certain point, they're just like, we don't even do this technology anymore. So it's, so I have a few videographer and vi- photography friends that are, are going with this whole new mirrorless world that you're all being forced into. You have to, you almost have to do it.
1: Yeah, so here's an interesting fact, though. If you're a professional and somebody says you need to have this thing and you actually do it, you know that your old gear usually can still do the job, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just not a trending buzzword like mirrorless because nobody really cares if it's mirrorless or not if it still records video, you know what I mean? And if the client thinks the video is great, you're good. But same with the design, like you could not use a Mac and do, like, your design in, I don't know, Canva or, like, some um, Windows GIMP, whatever, you know? Nobody would care if the design is good. But they they want to have those brand words, I think.
0: So, I guess for me, just since, like, a camera is still hardware, technically, I guess um, I I was thinking more that, like, who's going to repair mirror cameras, right? If everything goes mirrorless, your mirror camera breaks, you may be out of luck, right? I mean, at least eventually. Maybe not immediately, but, like, Two years in the yeah. future, you may have a hard time getting your old cameras even repaired because everything's mirrorless now. So, so there may yeah. not be even like Canon may not take in your mirrored camera and repair it. So, yeah. so I don't also know. The so,
1: repair so, thing is a thing in itself. It will take forever and cost a lot. And consumerism, just buy new.
0: Right, right. So, 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 yeah. So to go back to your question, um, you know, when do I think I need to upgrade my stuff? I, I think it's when I I start to it's a great question. I mean, for me, it's, it's really when I start to see a friction point in my process. If I, if I see something is like not working quickly, or if I feel like I'm wasting time or like, like, for example, on my, the reason I got my Mac studio is I was finding things that were like labor intensive or just locking up my computer. And there'd be those 10, 20 seconds of seeing the little spinning ball. And maybe it'd only be 10 to 20 seconds, but multiply that, that at scale i mean yeah we're talking like an hour a week that I'm, I'm wasting staring at something that's supposed to be loading and that's gone mostly away i wish i could say it went fully away um I still <laughs> wait a s- minute didn't you buy top of the line not bottom bought, of the I, barrel
1: this time <laughs> right
0: i bought a three thousand dollar computer and still have already made it spin a few
1: times
0: <laughs> I have I've yeah. found that like my complex vector world is still too complex for even modern technology. So that's, that's okay. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, like, you know, so for me, it's always like, when do I, when do I feel like something is in the way? When do I feel like I'm not moving as fast as I can? When do I feel my stamina, um, getting yeah. less and less, but you know, I, I, I see so much stuff out there that I, I almost wish I, I had more budget to try, like. Like I know there was this device a while ago that was all about live editing and the idea of like when you have live music in production, it's all about these knobs. And I and I saw that and I still haven't tried that technology of like, well, could I have my little Photoshop board here with knobs so that are already programmed to stuff? Like there's things like that, but I just haven't found like the the need. The, the like, need like you said, I, I I can work around it, right? I don't I don't, I don't yeah. I like run into the fact, oh, I need a knob to do this. That's what's slowing me way down is the knob thing. So I. So it's like, I need that proof a bit. Like I need, I need like, Oh yeah. Like clearly your way sucks, Sean. Like you need to just put out the money. Like look at this, like this is clearly the way to go. And like one of the things I did a while ago was get an iPad. And that was one of the things where I was like using this Wacom tablet, this huge Wacom tablet that was just like, I had a hard time putting it places. It was just a pain in the butt to unplug and plug. So I was like, dude, just get an iPad. So you're just holding yep. an iPad and you're just sitting there sketching on it, and you could just push it over, and and that was big. So so, but even that was a Black Friday deal. So so, I'm a I'm a very frugal guy. A lot of the time, it's a
1: lot of Black Fridays, yeah, that's a good, Cyber that's Mondays, a good thing Amazon right days. Yeah, yeah. Um, on that note, like um, I kind of wanted to talk about me because, like, as a videographer, like you, like you said, like gear is kind of important you know everybody judges you like what is your setup like you know what gear you're gonna use mm-hmm. what brand and um you have one camera or you have two cameras or you have more you know like because like mm-hmm. if something breaks on the job one camera ain't enough you know um but yeah basically for me the the thing that kind of sparked the whole idea about like speaking about gear was the insta360 um, one uh, x3 actually and i have the two i'm like whoa, this is cool bigger display um let me actually show you i have right here it's like a 360 camera you know all the gadgets you know and i think like when i buy gear i go like is this actually a new feature that i can offer less about like is this top of the line quality you know like i want to dabble with 360 video it's kind of cool with the vr headset and now i can film everything in 360 Put some graphics in there, you know, maybe the quality is not as great as, like, filmed on a DSLR, but you get everything, you know. Low yeah. light is not that good. And I'm like, they dropped that thing, and I'm like, is it actually really worth it? Because, like, the, the key differences were, like, instead of that tiny round screen here, you get a big square screen, and you get a little bit less of noise, and it still does all the other things. So, I'm like, ooh. Should I even spend like $450 to have like a minor upgrade? And that's what kind of made me think about the iPhone. Like, should I even spend that money on a minor upgrade, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. like after you're like a little bit more experienced and you know about gear and that you don't really need top of the line, you just need like working gear that is like decent, you can save some money and make some money. You know what I mean? Like put the gear to work instead of like finding an excuse of oh yeah yeah and I and,
0: of... I, and I think like it all it always goes to like um, what you kind of touched on is that you know you um, you want to make money with this right so that's that's part of it too is I know when I buy stuff I, I think you have to pay this off like don't ever buy something you're never gonna be able to pay off right so so in yeah. this case 450 bucks you could probably make that back in like one or two projects but like you said there's the argument you could have done that with the old gear anyway yep. Um. You know, so, yeah, so my argument is, is like, eh, I mean, uh, uh, like, all you described there is a little bit bigger screen, a little bit less noise, yeah. that's probably not worth 450 bucks.
1: Um, yeah. And it makes sense if it's later. your first device, you know, like, if you never dabbled in, like, um, 360 videography, it's maybe, mm-hmm. that's the right thing then to buy, but if you're, like, already a little bit, like, oh, I have already a 360 camera like, is it worth it, you know?
0: yeah not like yeah exactly so I mean I I'm, I'm running into that all the time too where there's 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 web design tools and things that I can buy that like maybe they make the the, the process better and, and easier but if I don't yeah. have something immediately ready to kind of pay for that or at least in my head because sometimes there's, there's like that, throw a lot away of money
1: <laughs> yeah
0: kind of Or, like are like like let's say like for me it's always a client project right so that's what always gets me using new technologies is I'll put them kind of on my back burner. And then I'll be like, oh, okay, there's this there's this client that's coming up. He kind of wants something a little bit new or a little bit on the on the cutting edge. So so maybe I can push this direction. And I won't do it just just to buy this. So don't so don't get me wrong, I'm not not like taking advantage of clients to buy the gear I want, but but I do every like that's kind of what I'll do. Is like so like right now, I don't have any brand new projects. Like I, I'm just in the middle of a few of them. Right now I'm probably not looking at new web design tools. I'm not looking at new things. But if there was yeah. something that's like I'm gonna jump off in another month, I'd be like, well, hey, let's let's save some of these things because when this kicks off, I can build that into that price. I, I do that so many times where that yeah. first time I do the subscription is directly out of something that's being paid for immediately, and so then it doesn't feel as bad because yeah, like it's baked into this process. So it, it's, but one thing one thing that I, I always do have to stop myself with the Apple reveals and and other things, um, and just you know the constant barrage of discount emails they get. It's just out of the blue buying something like this is the time we got a discount 20% this
1: week only. Better this is get actually it. a good one. Actually. Like, um, I got an email for the insert three sixty one X go free. So oh, I was on an email list. I'm like, <laughs> it was not even the social media. It basically, the email list still works to this day. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I thought like email is dead, but apparently it's not that. And I'm like pushed away, like building my email list. And I'm like, Goddamn, that email list basically made me watch some influencers double-checking if it's worth to upgrade, and I'm like, oh, huh, they got me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I'm, I'm constantly... You got an email
1: list, my dude?
0: I do, actually, my dude, but it's very small, so if, uh, if you guys want to hop on it, go to seancraigcreative.com. It's at the bottom of the page. You can sign up to my newsletter list. <laughs> That yeah, has not, not been very active, of the but barrel. someday it will be. someday Yeah, the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Sign up for the bottom of the barrel newsletter. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I uh, it, it's funny because there's so many marketing plans that I help with on clients that we, we I bring up newsletters and they're like, "What, really?" And I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, you'd be surprised because if they signed up for it, it's it's only if it's people that love your product. But man, if you get a list, a hundred people that love your product." You send out those in emails, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised how well they work. Yeah. So in this case, exactly. Look, we're talking about it in our podcast and everything. So this, yeah, this one email, them.
1: I know, good good job, good marketing. Yeah, so that uh, gives us also things to do, setting up an email list for the Infinite Podcast. But anyhow, um, that alone is like sparking against so many topics in my head. But um, I wanted to go back right next to the next topic. So hit that thing here and uh, rate it. Five stars on Spotify, but Sean, you were talking about niching and we were talking about like researching for tools, and that basically means if you do research, you niche down. So, yeah. what is the problem with the niche again for you? Because well, I'm usually the guy with what is my niche and what should I do. Well, yeah, I mean, I
0: think it's something that all of us creatives we all deal with. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just pulling up a couple of things will be shown here in a second, but you know, I. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of talk in the world, I think, right now, just because it's it's easier now to do to do things, to do multiple things and to learn new things. Yeah. Um, and so so with that being said, you know, I, I know you've ran into young creatives and I know I have where they're they're very optimistic. They're bright eyed, they're bushy tailed that I can do things, I can learn things, I can yeah. I nothing will stop what me, is good you know? which is great. I mean, like and so everything I'm going to say, I'm not pooing that. But yeah, till you fall oh, on with, your face, <laughs> you, and you are going to fall on your face. I mean, so, You're so, what's, so, so what is interesting with these people though is, is they, they either are successful or they're not. And when they're successful, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's absolutely cool to see them achieve so many different things in so many places and how those things feed into, into each other. But more commonly you run into these, into people that aren't really good at any, at any of the things. And then once that thing starts to challenge them, they fall flat on their face, they switch to the next thing, it seems like. So so they're, they're afraid of the grind. The grind actually scares them, and they jump to the next thing, jump to the next thing, because it's almost easier to start a new thing than it is to grind through something. It's almost easier to be an alien in a strange world than it is to be in a world you know and grind it out.
1: Yeah, and and so, 100% on that one.
0: So it's so it's very interesting. So um, I'm gonna share my screen here in a second. So I'm gonna kind of base these around these two books I've been
1: reading. Um, okay. Let me get this, uh, so on that on that note, though, do you think like you're very niche down, or you're not niche down enough?
0: Well, yeah. Or you, you're, think you're
1: thinking like you want to go more wide. What is your what is your problem? Just to be a little bit more personal.
0: Yeah, so before we even kind of jump into the... the yeah, so there's there's two books I will be kind of talking about a little bit here. But yes, I mean, to, to, to kind of give where, where my mind is on all of this, where, where I am, is that um, I have niched, but I could I could niche a lot more. I think it's like I've, I've, I've niched, but I haven't done a great job of niching. And so I think the one thing that I'm going to kind of talk about in one of these books is, is the idea of micro-niching. So, like, you feel like you've already niched, but but you live in a time now where you can actually go even deeper. And, um, and that's something I haven't done. I haven't, I haven't gotten that deep and, and, and figured out what is that exact problem? What is that exact product? Um, what's that exact service I'm trying to do? I I definitely still leave it more open and big picture, but, but I've met a couple people and I know you have that are very micro niche. They're like, I do this exact thing for this exact audience. And, that's and they all know they all the tools to.
1: that could be helpful for that audience. Yeah, it's where exactly. a general list is like they maybe know one or two tools, you know, but the one niche expert in that area would maybe name twenty items, you know, and find the perfect solution for that thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's um,
0: so yeah, so it's it's definitely definitely something that yeah i I see all the time so so i'm just going to quickly show the two books i think these are two books that i would i would suggest anyone watching you should get um and so the first one i'm going to share here is um refuse to choose this is a great book that that's been around for a while but i've i've actually i'm rereading it I, i read it um a while back when it first came out but it's all about you know how do you have all these interests and passions and then how do you make that into a career? Okay, so so that's one book. So she, so Barbara Share, she's great. She's so she's essentially taking the side of don't limit yourself, don't don't say that you have to be one thing, and don't listen to people that tell you you have to only be one thing. And then on the yes, other sir. end, yeah. um, very quickly the other end is as uh, a newer book um, by Kevin Harrington. He's he's a great marketing mind in the world, and he he really talks about you know what what's going to make you the key person in your industry. And, and his main point that he very quickly says in this book is that, is that you need to stop wasting your time on all the things you're not good at and and trying to be good at the things that you're not good at. And you really need to get good at what is the one thing that you are amazing at and, and how deep can you get that? And so, um, yeah, so with that, you know, um, these are kind of the two books I'm I'm, I'm focusing on when I'm, I'm kind of talking about this because there is there's two there's always these two different paths in these books, but I actually think there's like a way to meet in the middle here. But yeah, before we kind of dive in, I actually wanted to know you as well. Like, how do you feel about your niche? Like, where where are you? It's where are you, in
1: this? So so for me, it's like um, I spend a lot of time when I came to the US with like um, starting to learn a business, you know, and then the idea was like if I could make money with the internet. I could be anywhere, you know, that gives you great freedom. You can travel and whatever, you know. Then I was like experimenting with websites, you know, the new com had the idea, started the blog at a time where I was like freshly in the US, basically one or two years in and I'm like, I can't write for shit, you know. And that that is the problem. And I'm like, okay, that made me motivated to focus on video because I kind of did video all the time since then. You know, I'm like a niche down on video, and I know I'm ADHD, and I'm like I'm getting very energized about trying new things. You know, so my problem is like the niche thing. And after I learned like spending a lot of time with like how to make money with the internet, I'm like. I need to find a niche so I can create content around that niche and monetize that niche. Because it's really easy to grow um, on the internet if you're just like generating focus and uh, generating focus on the niche, and you're just dominating that niche with content. What is really Mm -hmm. easy to do nowadays. But finding a niche and being passionate about like cucumber jars, for example, is really hard. You know,
0: cucumber jars. Oh man. Yeah, but.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so it's like really, really niche down. But nowadays, like the internet is like so far advanced right now. And the expertise and the, the creatives and influencers, you can pick any niche and there's like thousands of influencers, you know? So you have to be like so niche down that it's not any more fun. And I'm like, oh, and I'm, I'm like, I'm getting with my ADHD, like so demotivated about like, um, for example, Tampa's Life, a friend of mine. He does, like, vlogs about food reviews. And I'm like, that's a fun thing I liked doing, like, two years ago. And now I'm like, I couldn't do it. And I'm like, there's no fun in it anymore. But if you niche it down, there's money to made, uh, to be made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so I, I feel like I need a niche, but I'm, like, my ADHD, and I'm, I'm getting worn out by it, by the niche. So I'm like, yeah. Well, it
0: almost sounds like you haven't found the niche then, I guess, it would almost be my argument to that. I mean, So, so but- here's
1: the thing, though. Um, after, like, there was that self finding find your inner why. It's also a really interesting book or whatever. Um, I think it's by Rob, whatever. I, I forgot the name. He has a TED talk. Basically, he's like, you need to find your why, and that will motivate you to do whatever you're going to do. I basically got lost in that circle of, like, finding myself. Didn't go anywhere, produce less content, produce less work. And basically just like worried about stuff I shouldn't worry about. And then I made click, like I should just need to do stuff, whatever at the moment is the stuff that I feel like doing is maybe the thing I should do. And if I have a moment and feel like strategizing, I can do that and just strategize and do the stuff I I think I should do. And if I get confused and I'm chasing my own tail, I should just put in the work what is my way right now doing stuff was like mm-hmm. not optimal because it would be better if it would be doing one thing and one thing only you know but i don't uh, want to yeah, think yeah. because i get confused
0: <laughs> well yeah don't. No, well and i love i love everything you just said i mean i think what you're saying is so common right the, yeah. the idea of i don't feel like i'm doing enough so that means i need to do more of the stuff that i don't enjoy in a way it's like this weird you're tricking your mind into thinking that you need to do stuff that you're that you don't enjoy Because it's, it's your fault that you don't enjoy it in a weird way. Um, where, yeah, I run into, I kind of run into the same thing, right? Like I, I find myself, especially in web design, because I didn't grow up wanting to be a web developer by any means. So, so I have to stop myself all the time because I'm just like, do you really enjoy this? Like you're, you're diving even deeper into this thing. And, and is this now too far? Have you now gone too far where now your, your eyes are glazing over? You're, you're not even really, you don't, you're not passionate about it. And that's, that's the thing I think when you're, what you're talking about when he, how it gets exhausting, because it's when you're passionate about something, you're like, I could work all night. I could work every day. I don't care. I'll get it done. But like, when you don't have that, when you like lose that kind of love for it, you're, it's like, yeah. you know, it's, 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 yeah, you're, you're not,
1: you're not, you're faking it then you're just
0: kind of but, trying to. But, but
1: here's it. the thing. So that what you're saying is like, you got to love your work kind of sort of, and it's like, nothing in life you will really love, you know? You, you have your seasons, you love it for a moment, but if you don't put the maintenance and the work in in the times where you don't like it, you will not get that second season of love, you know? Where like it goes up and down, yeah. sometimes you love your freelance work and your um, web development and whatever, but if you don't do the maintenance work in the times where you hate it, you will fall off and you're, you're declining. So it's like, it's it's so weird to, what is the right answer? And I I feel like there is none kind of. And I got like yeah. burned trying to find the answer. You know what I mean? So now I'm like I don't want to think about, it, I want to just do, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's like yeah, it's like you well, and it all, it always goes back to and I find this a lot of the time with myself is that you you can't believe in in the process more than you believe in yourself type of thing. So so you, you, have to, you have to believe in, in your love for it and where, you, where do you come from, and you have to get back to being okay, because you're right, like any job, like as, as a web designer, as a graphic designer, I, there's times that are not perfect. There's times where, where I'm not having a great time or I feel like I've kind of failed in a way, and, and it's not about not having those times. It's always about getting it back to being okay. It's about equanimity, really, in, in terms of how are you going to get back to okay, in, in yeah. what you do. And if you start to find, you can't get back to, okay, you can't get it back to an okay place cause it's okay if you had a bad project, but let's say then you can't get the next project going or then like you can't even look at a video about a new technique. Then that's starting to show that you've fallen out of love. And, and it, that's a very important thing I think to distinguish is like, I used to love this. Now I, now I don't, you know, is this a permanent change? And maybe it is. I think, what gets scary, which I think you've talked about, is that happening multiple times, falling completely out of love with something, and then shifting gears to something else, and then falling out of love with that thing, and then shifting gears again, yeah. and before you know it, you you kind of don't feel like you've ever been in love. You start to wonder, like, well, what the hell, was there ever anything that I was really passionate about? And and that can be scary. I, I've kind of been yeah. there, too, a bit.
1: Yeah, so here, here's also, like, a thing, like, there's, like, two thoughts that I have at the moment about this. Because like sometimes, you know, when something is not working, you should jump ship mm-hmm. to a better market, you know, because you will have way more success if you're in the right market, mm-hmm. you know, you can be a shitty entrepreneur and you're in the right market, you make money just because you're the only one doing it. But yeah. if you're in a market that is like really satisfied and yeah, it's really hard to be like a good entrepreneurial in that field, freelancer, it's, it's kind of the same thing, you know, you're figuring out a business, running a business yeah. for yourself. Um, but it's like yeah it makes everything harder and at what point you have to decide is this now the right market or the wrong market you know but the second part of that idea was like my friend Jonathan you know the videographer friend of mine um, was like for a very long time in a niche and it was like fire performance and dancers and they are particularly broke you know but he made himself like a name in the industry you know if you are just like getting to know them there's not many ways how to monetize a thing that is like in a broke you know, performer art area, you know. But the longer you're in that scene, the more ways you figure out how to monetize it, who has the money, what goes, what does go. But if you don't put the time in, you don't figure that out. So where is that, you know, like being in the right market and knowing, did I know enough in this market? Or do I just need just one more thing to figure all those things out, you know? like putting the extra time in. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and it depends on the goals,
0: right? It depends on, are you are you here to have fun and make good things? Or are you here to make money? It goes back to that to a degree, right? Because it's, it's, it's really important to define what success is too. I, I mean, I run into so many creatives where they haven't really told me, is it about the money or is it about making something? And I think yeah. if you don't, if you don't have that, that then you're never hitting it. Then you're never hitting the okay part. I mean, you and I both know people that that won't go freelance because they feel like they haven't hit that mark yet, or they don't feel like they're ready yet. Um, yeah. But you you have to you have to define what that is. You do have to create what is that goal line then. When when do you know that you're doing okay? When is this good for you? Because you know, if you like fire dancing and you love just that that world, then then just shooting something that looks awesome should be enough, right? But but if you're walking away from that because you didn't make enough money, then then I think you need to then think about maybe I care more about making money through video than doing this particular thing with video. Um, so so one of the things that like in refused to choose so that first book I, I kind of showed there quickly is is she talks about scanners and how they're scanners in in all walks of life and scanners are people that we we, we like to scan through things we like to. We see that something's good, and we like to put our hands into it. And so th- that in itself is not is not a bad thing at all. To, to go ahead and, and do, to, to scan certain things, and to, and to, to kind of only pass through um, certain hobbies and things like that. It's, it's not a bad thing at all. Uh, in, in fact, it's actually a good thing um, that, that, you're, that you're willing to, to take on new tasks and willing to learn new things. Um, now, now the thing that I would say within that, within going, jumping between all the different things is find the connective tissue. Cause there always is something that's connecting them. you're doing maybe different things. Maybe you're doing like in your, in your, in your world, let say it's more like maybe you're doing, um, real estate photography. Maybe you're doing 360 stuff on the side and then maybe on the weekends you're doing some weekend, you're doing like fire dancers and things like that. Yeah. You know, but the cornerstone connective. is still the video, you know? Exactly. Maybe it's the video, maybe it's the storytelling, maybe it's the visuals on screen, you know? So it's like, you have to define what, what's that thing that's holding it all together. Um, and then, but with that being said, I think we live in a very beautiful time, right? It's so much, it's so easy now to start a company or start a new kind of thing than it ever has been before. It's like, it's dumb cheap to to start a company now. So, so why, why should you, Limit yourself, right? Why should you only do this one thing when it's a very cheap gamble to start ten different things? Just like us, we started a podcast with very little to no budget.
1: Because what what's what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, um, true. No, nowadays everything is like relative, relatively cheap. We're not the only people like having a podcast, you know. Like you, we're we're competing in a very saturated market. And the only mm-hmm. things how you can um, make a difference is like. Be consistent, put more work out than them, and maybe have better topics and be better. But that is also like a process. And it's like, how do we keep the motivation up, you know, in general? But I I feel like for me, it's like, you know, this is video. So I'm like, this is a good learning experience, you know. Um, And there's ways how I will be monetizing that later on after we figured out our kinks, you know.
0: Right. And it's not like we were, you know, sitting around having boring conversations and being like, oh yeah, let's start a podcast. No, I mean, the podcast started from our conversations and we enjoy these conversations and we, and it's good for us even just to, to even catch up every week and have this kind of thing to, to discuss stuff of the week. Um, so, so at yeah. the end of the day, that's, that's the equanimity. That's where we come back to, right?
1: We can get oh, five million though. views
0: or 10 views, but we still, we still have these conversations.
1: Yeah, on that point though, because like we're talking about niching down, you know, let's let's talk about freelancing. Like, um, if you have to pick a niche in freelancing, what do you think is the the most the most paying niche, or you know, or what is the most underrated freelancing job? Because like there's like common freelance jobs like web designer, videographer. Um, Mm -hmm. there's there's a couple, but I don't know Mm -hmm. which one is the best. You know the grass is always green on the other side, but throw some out there. I'm I'm kinda curious right now.
0: And well, if you really... listen
1: to this, let me know what you're working. Yeah, 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 honestly, yeah. And
0: Phil, yeah, send us comments about like what are you doing? What do you have a weird niche? Have you thought of a weird niche? Um so yeah. you know I um what's interesting, so in the key person of influence, the second book I showed there, it's it's very interesting because he discusses the the idea of micro niching and, and the idea of that all starts with a need, right? Every niche starts with a need. Someone needs something. Someone needs some type of content out there, right? And and so, like so, for us, let's let's just take this podcast, right? This podcast's target audience is probably other creatives, maybe other young professionals that just just need to hear struggling kind of freelancers out of struggling. fresh out of school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fresh out of school, struggling freelancers, bottom bottom of the barrel. Of the barrel. Guys. <laughs> there we go. Um, you know, and so, so that's, that's kidding guys, but how do we serve those people? Right. So, so then that's where the micro niche comes in where, where maybe, you know, we're a podcast that, that caters to. The struggle of struggling creatives, and that's our micro niche. And and so, so, so he,
1: I want to give some advice to those struggling people, those freelancers. You you were mentioning two books, and I had it in my mind and I wanted to say it, but I didn't do it. And now we, we were explaining our niche. If you're a struggling freelancer and you don't want to buy that book, what Sean just showed on the screen for six ninety nine as an ebook or for twelve dollars, go sign up with your library. Your library will give you a card. With that card, you can go onto Hoopler and listen to audiobooks for free. It is a cheat code. Libraries are a cheat code. You get free books. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I barely buy books, but the like the library, you get probably those two books for free with, with a library card.
0: It's true. It's true. Yes, that's that's a good shout out. That's a good pro tip right there. Yeah, that's um,
1: very helpful for our free creatives here, or not free, but freelancing creatives. I mean, <laughs> so subscribe. <laughs> so subscribe. Come on, we paid you. You pay us now. Um,
0: but you know, I so 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 yeah. To get back to your question, you know, what would be my advice to someone? Where where is the fruit? Um, the fruit is get as close to something as humanly possible. So, for example, like I play Dungeons and Dragons with with a group here in town. And guess how how many like quality Apple apps there are in creating a character for D&D? Pretty much zero. I mean, in terms of well-designed apps, they're, they're, they're garbage oh. on Mac. There, there's like none. There's a whole vacuum. So there's a micro niche right there. I'm an app developer that only works on Dungeons and Dragons games and tools. So that's that right there. And you could just start a channel on that, the graphic designer of D&D. And that could be your entire channel right there. Um, yep. so, if, so if you want to know where the fruit is, it's getting as dorky and as close to it as humanly possible. It's, you know, as someone is a big picture guy like me, I have a really hard time with it. Um, where I, I don't have the, we only talk logos and branding channel. I don't have the only, we, t- we only talk web design, we only talk WordPress, you know, like, and I could, I could have like five channels of like, here's my WordPress talk of the week. I'm, I'm going to talk only about WordPress and,
1: you know, and you I, know, I don't, I'm big big, sites apart and like big... Mm. right you know but that brings us back to the passion about the the niche what is like the Mm. the hardest part i think and i I feel like you said like it has to be like fun you gotta love it i'm just like on the one side i kind of want to disagree because like if you want to have just fun and love something video games you will be satisfied the whole time you know you will have the most fun in your lifetime till you run out of money and you're on the streets kind of you know what i mean what is, I mean, like... yeah. Well, one's passive, one's engaged, right?
0: One, you're just like you know, p- playing a video game. I don't view that as a creative. Um, it, it, there's creativity involved, sure, but like just playing a video game is a very passive thing where you're just taking in stuff. That would be like me being like, I love walking uh, in yeah, art galleries. Act... I mean, I can't make I can't make a career out of walking through art galleries either.
1: So it's yeah. like it's
0: the so it's the being engaged. So if you if you said, you know, you like creating video games or you, you're really interested in creating stories like they are in video games, like that's something there. I mean, the video game storytelling aspect, that's a niche. And then you could get even bigger. I'm a storytelling narrative expert on fantasy role playing games in space. Boom.
1: Micro niche. Yeah. So what, I, so what I was like trying to say was like, it doesn't have to be just fun. That's what I'm saying. You got to work still.
0: Yes and no. I mean, I say if it's early on, it should be fun. If this is step one, yeah. it, it better be fun because if it's not yeah. now, boy, you best get ready once you get kicked off that horse, then it's going to be really not fun. So yeah. so it, you it's like it's like falling in love, right? You better have that lusty talk, that first date. I mean, if you're not sitting there looking at each other across the table, just thinking of how you're going to ask to kiss each other, then wait for two years from now when you're sick of each other. So it's so, like, so he's an arranged marriage guy. <laughs> so we're, we're changing this whole thing to love advice with Sean. Uh, but no, like seriously though, it's like you've got to be in love at the beginning. That that I I, I disagree with. Like you're coming into it like, man, this really sucks. Oh. I'm not enjoying this. But man, if I just stick with this for ten years, I'm really gonna love it. Like, no, you're not. You're gonna you're gonna be dead within a year. You're though. gonna <laughs> they're gonna find you under your computer. You pulled on top of yourself, and you're gonna be dead.
1: Yeah, so I. I, I, I just... I feel like there's both ways, you know, have a way there, and you know, like your way is more like you gotta love it and you gotta enjoy it. And I, I feel like I have the more like you gotta put into work. And I'm the lazy guy though, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I always felt like that. That Sean wants to like, oh, do you really love that? And, you know, and just like hmm. I feel like I should not love it and just do it, kind of more because yeah i mean i don't know if i
0: if i was going after stuff i didn't love man i'd be making a lot more money doing a lot boring stuff than i'm doing now so i mean for me it's it's always been about love i wouldn't be talking about design if it wasn't so romantic (laughs) no i am i am a romantic um so you know it's so i would say no you you've got to love it you definitely do i mean i we can disagree there i think i think it's it's more you got to love it at the beginning but you have to love it so much that you're not afraid of the work the work needs to be just like Whatever, and if things go wrong, you should at least be able to come back and be like, at least I'm making cool stuff. Like, there's been so many yeah. times in my career, it sucked so bad, and people like hated what I did, and I hated what I did, but I was able to at least come back and be like, you know what though, I made cool stuff. That's what
1: I wanted. So that's that's pretty yeah. cool. You know. Yeah, where... I think like also like um, that goes kind of back to mental health, like. Um, where I'm like the, let's say freelancing as a arranged work, uh, uh, arranged marriage kind of sort of situation. You know, you pick something, you make it work and then you grow it and you fall in love with it because you, you learn to love all the little kinks, you know? And that's what the arranged marriage kind of is. Like you're, you're forced in a situation, you gotta do it because like you gotta pay bills, you know? And then you fall in love with it because like you, you figure it out, oh, this is, ain't bad, you know? And oh, I kind of actually like this process, you know? And you're right, like the romantic couple is still a thing, you know? And in the end, like it's like relationships, like you both have a potential to make it till like golden anniversary or whatever, or mm. till death. But either way, you could get like, yeah, broken up too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that happens too, right? The breakup, that yeah. does happen. I think that, and I think that's being fair too, is like, let's say you get five, ten years down the road and you're like, you know what? I did love this. Now I don't love this. And being honest yeah. about that and leaving because... Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the saddest thing that I see when I see it—not just in the creative world, but anywhere. When any, even when you go to a restaurant or something, you, you know, you see someone that's working and they hate what they're doing, so they're doing a worse job because of it. They just do. People just tend to—if they don't like what they're doing—they're doing a bad job, and then they start. They're not doing themselves any good by wasting their days just half-assing it and whatever. You know, that's yeah. what—that's that, that's when you know you're in a bad place when it starts to change you when you start to be just this schmuck. Because you don't want to do anything, you just <laughs> want to you, you just stupid schmuck, and you know, and 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 that's not that it's not serving you, it's
1: not serving anywhere else, you know, and because there's but people that reality love. is like you still need money, so those poor people they they maybe don't have choice, Sean. Just say. and I would say they do. That's the saddest thing is they it's the limited <laughs> the It's the, I've been in the
0: streets. I've been in the food bank line. I'm not, I'm, (laughs) you know, I, you know, I, so what I, what I would say to that is that, you know, they, they just don't see that they could do more. They don't they see the things they love and they're told. They don't believe in
1: themselves or Yeah. And they're,
0: and that they're taught, they're taught that way. They're taught, you know, I, I, I've seen it as, as early as high school, middle school counselors being like. That's just unreasonable. And instead of yeah. like, you know, and some of them are unreasonable, right? Like, you know, you're in remedial science and you want to be an astronaut. I'm sorry. It ain't going to happen. However, you could take that love of, of, of space and science for this person that's not good at it and still translate that to something. He could still have his YouTube, you know, space and science for idiots. You know, he could still do that. But instead, they're like, just give it up. You need to like give up these things, put them away in a, in a drawer and you need to go work at the dealership or something. And it's... Yeah. And even if you do that's okay but have a goal have an exit strategy if you're not fully in love with what you do and if you're you are that's okay like stay where you are if you're happy but but if you're not like this should only always be a stepping stone to what you like it should always be a stepping stone to the good stuff so so what I would say too is like so so you do need to niche and i and I would say micro niche and what I would further say is do a lot of micro niches it's so cheap now to have micro niches right like we're kind of good examples right like you do these these bike review things, you do the 3D printing stuff, you do videography but, for stuff. But what do I focus no
1: on, you know? That is like the thing. You're like, I should you, focus even more because like YouTube mm-hmm. is so big. Well, then what what I would say then is what's the what's the connective tissue
0: to all your micro niches, right? What are the common things in the Venn diagram, right? 3D printing, bike reviews, this and that, event yeah, photography and you know what? What's what's the thing in the middle, and that's the that's what you should be putting all your time and eggs into that basket because that feeds it all. Then that's the source yeah. of it all. So for me, it's like I I'm always going to be doing visual design in some some capacity. It's like it's it's either animation, vector design, layout design, painting, but it's always visual. So I, as long as I keep those going and I keep keeping my eyes on new work and new art,
1: that's feeding kind of all the systems. So. On that note, you now you said something. I sent you a text. Do you remember the art competition? What were your thoughts on that? And can you please explain what I sent you with the, the, the thing where the guy won, like, a uh, an art contest with AI, and everybody's upset mm. that he used it? I know. It?
0: I'm surprised we didn't talk about this on the last episode, even when it was
1: still so fresh. Out but later. Yeah.
0: Did it? So, yes, yeah, because that's my home state. That was the Colorado State Fair, y'all. And... Um, yeah, it's, you know, so, so that's, so it's a little, this is a little bit of an aside from niches, but this guy essentially is, is, you know, he created a painting, a digital painting using AI, something like Mid Journey, or I don't know which one he used, maybe yeah, Dolly or course. something. And, and, you know, he had to keep refining it. So, which does take time. It sounds like he went through about 500 different possibilities before he settled on one. And then he still had to go in and touch things up is what he had, he kind of had said. Um, but it definitely brought up the whole argument of, is he still an artist though? If he used these other things, what's your thoughts? Do you think he's still an artist? Do you yeah, think he he's so a thing
1: though? Like we had an episode 10 and you actually named the episode perfectly AI composer. He was an AI composer. So he was the designer who picked the art and that is his new job. So I feel like this is maybe a thing we should dabble in because like, it's unlikely that we are creating the art, but we, we are composing the art, you know? Because like already we are at a point where we're using like Photoshop, masking towards. We don't create the mask. AI is making the mask for us that it looks like perfect. Like if you're like, um, you, you hide a spot in the background, for example, and you wanna just like having a little dot covered, you just mask over it, you know? And it looks great, better than mm-hmm. we could do, you know? Maybe, depending on how skilled you are. But this just goes down that um, road where it's like, yeah, we're using tools that uses AI, that uses like, we don't draw those things anymore. We use the computer. You know, at this point in time, we're already going into a composer um, phase, basically, where more and more is just composing. You know, what do I like? What style do I like? Um, Like, what style of fonts do I like in my AI word overlay kind of sort of thing, you know? For subtitles. Yeah.
0: well, it's it's really interesting that you kind of jumped a little bit off the rails here um, in the middle of the niche Sorry. talk. Talking, no, no, and it's actually okay because I feel like we can kind of still because is that still a niche? Like, when does the niches get broken?
1: Right? Like, but, I'm but a fantasy would you say painter. He is now an artist for being just a composer. That is like yeah. my my point there. So, what would his niche be? I guess if you had to define
0: it, right? Is he is his niche? then creating fantasy art and that's it and then everything else is a tool right midjourney is a tool a paintbrush is a tool because that's essentially what these ai things are because even in this case i thought it was interesting that he didn't just have midjourney pop something out and he put that in i don't know what he did but he did say he edited what midjourney gave him so so so
1: there was still yeah, so some what,
0: artisticness to it so he touched it somehow he had his fingerprints
1: on it somehow yeah, so, so here, here's um, uh, my description on that, what he did. So he basically generated like a Star Wars themed um, futuristic oil painting where you see like planets in the background and see like the novel um, dynasty like in front of it, like looking mm-hmm. at that. And it was really steelful. Um, yeah, our friend actually Trevor, um, Trevor Creative, mm-hmm. he did also – experiment with his photography with an oil painting, AI interpretation of his art. So he took mm-hmm. a photo, uploaded it to that uh, thing and the, the pictures are beautiful. Like it basically transformed his pictures into an oil painting with his calligraphy. I was like, dang, he experimenting mm-hmm. with that. You know, and I feel like this is like, mm-hmm. I still, I, I think we still need to be considered like an artist for doing the composing because mm-hmm. like, you have to have good taste, you know?
0: Right, well, it's like the, the vision, right? It's like saying Peter yeah. Jackson isn't an artist, where, no, he is. He had a vision, and he had to get all these things together to, to make that vision a thing. So, really, it's like, I, yeah, I would I would argue... Um, you maybe think I would say, no, this guy's not an artist, but I would say he is. I would say he is. Even using Midjourney, he's still an artist. He had a vision. Was it
1: very creative for doing?
0: Yeah, very creative. I, <laughs> sure. I mean... <laughs>
1: Uh, you, well, you know, most, I, most artists didn't, you know, they they have to, you know, they're just like, oh, can I do this? No, he was like, oh, whatever, I'm doing art, I'm doing what I want, you know, was pretty ball, to be honest. He even wrote it in yeah. the title description, so they couldn't be mad. But the the jury had no idea what mid-journey is. They're like, oh, buzzword, great. <laughs> right, I think that's actually a very interesting point, right? Because
0: if you would have... If he would have hit it, it would, we would all have been like, why did you hide it and say you did it? Now that's wrong. However, yeah. since he credited Mid Journey, and it's just funny because the people didn't know what it was, that, yeah, that's really funny. So they allowed it to happen.
1: Very creative. You know, I like it. I'm like, kudos yeah. to him.
0: So, so what's interesting right now, because this kind of brings something up, especially when I talk about the niches stuff, is that there's tools. And tools are always being defined and thrown away, and new tools are coming out. And, and you're seeing this with this guy winning, like just him being a little bit on the front end curve of this which in 5 years mid journey everyone it's going to no, know. everyone will know about it it's not going to be new by any means in 5 years but but he's a little bit on the front end, edge of it and he won because of it and now he's he his name was a national thing on CNN just because he won this thing so, yeah, even so now he is the AI composer you know what i mean yeah he is the AI composer and yeah yeah so it's I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. So like, you know, so, so to kind of tight with the niching is like niche, but don't niche based on a tool. I think if this was 1800s, I would say your niche is painting. It still could be, but not painting with a paintbrush. Like don't get, don't get stuck on the paintbrush or get stuck on the digital Wacom tablet or on the iPad or on the mid journey for that matter. There may be stuff even technologically wise it's past mid journey and Dali. I, yeah. um, you know, so, you know, it's going to be interesting. Is it, does this get to a place where we all have our own creative teams of AI, right? Like, I got my own copywriter over here. If got you got my you own think visual about artist.
1: It, yeah. You, there's like, uh, especially in logo design, there's like um, statistics. What logo will be how likely approved by what type of population, education? You know, there's like percentages. The, the more data you have, the more you can be like, oh, yeah, they don't like red, for example. Just like throwing – there's like that amount of percentage that they will disagree with that. If you feed enough data, you will know what type of population will like what, you know? So you need an AI composer for the AI. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like having an AI, AI composer so that they compose the right art st- uh, styles for whatever you would like because they know your your you demographic and they would just like throw stuff at you that you just adore it's just is it be
0: i mean we, we have a really funny idea for just like a funny show even right like like if we just like like we just had our own design agency that had this bureaucracy of ai under it right so we're like meeting yeah. with the lead creative director who's ai and then we show a scene with him he's talking to the other ai <laughs> and it's just kind of funny. Like, we just have this whole thing of robots running under us. Uh, and, yeah, and it's it's scary. I mean, I can't lie to you. Every time we talk about this stuff, I can't help but get a little scared. Like, oh, that doesn't sound like there's many jobs for humans left, does there? I mean, uh, so I don't know. It gets scary. I mean, so so with the idea of niching, I think it's super important now. I think you, you have to niche on a big level. Do you like creating stories? Do you like making things? Do you like making stuff easier for people? are, are do you just like getting into the details and fixing problems like that's your big niche and then get into those micro niches but then in any no matter what we're talking about in terms of niche the tools are just tools and i would say you know people talk about being agnostic in religion i say being agnostic with tools okay do not ever don't don't pray to your lord and savior than the the laptop don't don't pray to your lord and savior the 360 camera like these <laughs> me are me pro these are tools. don't
1: crash don't
0: <laughs> pro you know, and, and we don't talk about those Final Cut people. We don't talk about them. But you know, so it's like you know, the, they're just tools. They're all just tools. They're superfluous. They may disappear. They may get better. Yeah. They may get more expensive. But they're just they're just tools. And so it comes back to you. You are that's the only thing that makes you better than than journey Isn't isn't the isn't the brush strokes? It isn't
1: isn't how quick you can do it. It's going to be also you like, like how things. you do it. You know, it's like there's a whole science to everything. Like you learn a new oh. tool, you got to learn the tool, but you got to spend and some the- time. And the why that
0: you do it. A lot of artists understand this. The why is very important because while mid-journey may be able to be like you said, Star Wars and Oriental, oh, here we go. Where like having the why be even bigger than that, be like, that's where you could be better than mid-journey is that like mid-journey is not going to have that crazy out of nowhere idea. It's going to follow the data. So and sometimes yeah. the most beautiful stuff is what breaks the data.
1: <laughs> what does the jury like? <laughs> exactly so it's so yeah so it's <laughs> just it's, doing some research on the jury like what did they well made win <laughs> i know right the last and couple I mean, of like, years you know can you, you imagine like
0: i mean yeah and yeah and there's gonna be mid-journey for that i mean i can't like if you're a criminal, yeah, you just right,
1: combine like the four last winners and make your art style out of that and they probably yeah, will dig it don't don't even pretend that there isn't some high-level law firm
0: in the world right now that's right now probably has stuff that's that that researches the the faces of the jury people and, and is like okay so you need to wear a blue tie on this day and make sure to talk about your grandma at this point like I, that's probably already happening this like manipulating of us we're all just data and we've collected data now for the last 30 40 years in such a great way that it's like we've created this weird Everything.
1: brain, right? This, yeah, this AI brain. Here's a fun thing, like just a random side effect. Saw a TikTok and things that should be illegal to know. And basically the TikTok was about like figure out in what fraternity um, the judge was in and then get a lawyer with the J- uh, same fraternity. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I'm just I was just like, know. yeah, that would work because like favoritism, you know, <laughs> obviously... If you pick the yeah. right lawyer, then you're like most likely to win, and the other team is like, "Wow, well, he doesn't want to have his buddy lose," you know. Well,
0: it's true. I mean, it's we do live in this weird time where it's it's easy to dig data up on all on everyone too. So you could really manipulate people too. I mean, you, you can go through someone's LinkedIn and and know what what jobs they had and see. Oh, we only worked there for six months. So if I bring that up, maybe that's going to trip him up. And you know, things like so there's. There is this weird amount of data on you that yeah I think it's um it, who knows even on a level those judges could have been manipulated on that art contest right he could have looked up who's the judges and and even so, that that in a weird way po- put that into Midjourney took each piece from like each of their portfolios and put it into Midjourney and created this that would have been really funny if he actually took the judges <laughs> pieces of art and combined this uber piece of art and then they were like that's great and he'd be like yeah of course because yeah. it's your art. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> very weird, man. It's 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 very weird. Yeah, we should we should I do some Mid Journey stuff. We should play. Is that like free? Is there any of these things open source? I like Dolly? It, I'm
1: not 100. percent Pull it up. Or, like let, let's do it on the screen. Type in Mid Journey. Pull it up on the screen. Let's see if it's free. Because like it. the one thing is like if you don't adapt early, you're too late. You know, and just write in your bio, AI composer, web designer. Man, that stuff slaps.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it says we could join the beta, so I'm going to join the beta. It's beta? I think we all... Yeah, we have to join via Discord, but yeah, we can join. It's not, it seems Discord. like it's
1: free... <laughs> great. You can't make that up. Oh. I know. You the internet was bad oh. for a second. But I, I think but yeah, we could so an I- hour.
0: Yeah, I think we could cut here. You know, I, I think uh, maybe that's our homework for this week. Let's both look up Mid Journey, Dolly. Let's, uh, let's go play. We've talked about it in a few episodes. I think... Uh, What should the prompt be, you think? Should we, um, should be a coffee cup? Should we, should be the coffee cup design
1: that should be the mid journey? Yeah. Make some merch. You, You throw your art into the mid journey and see what happens, you know, and make a combine and then put like some cups in there that you like as a design, you know? All right, well,
0: we'll do that. We'll show that this next, this next week. We'll both go out, do our own. You do one as well. I'll do an AI, and we'll see which AI wins in our cup
1: design. Yeah, for, first, I have to sign up, though. But, yeah. Um, so, here. thanks for watching the podcast. Um, subscribe, let a comment down below, and let me know, do you think it's like um, a, being a freelance AI composer the next step of the journey for us? And then, yeah, and let us know. You know, is there any
0: niches or micro niches that you think that you know, de- you know, deserve some talking about? Right? Is there something out there that interests you as a niche? And,
1: and yeah, AI kind of talk- in itself is already like you can niche down. What is better, Dolly E is journey and there's like billions of companies now. You got it. You know, he's it, stuck. He's, he's stuck on this AI thing, guys. We're gonna have to talk about it in this next episode. Now. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but also, you know, uh, you know, and and as he said, September is the best time to buy gear if you want the new gear. So, you know, always keep track of those uh, those sales days. I would always say that. That's that's how I operate, yeah. man. You don't you don't need the brightest, newest, you, you just need like the second or third newest.
1: Yeah,
0: but Bottom it's been of a great barrel? podcast.
1: <laughs> Bottom of the barrel, guys. Out. Thanks, everybody. Bye.